You're known as the hit makers, record breakers, party makers. They'll make your back crack, your liver quiver. For all you cats who never put more dips in your hips, more cut in your strut, more glide in your stride. One, two, one, two, three. Yo, my name is RC, and I'm here to say... <laughs> that, that we're gonna go off oh in God. an old school I, I, way. I was having to listen to one of the, the podcasts you did where it was like... Uh, what, the, the editing messed up at the beginning or something like that and you had the robotic voice come in and I had forgotten about it and it was like so it was like explaining what was <laughs> happening and then like right afterwards it just immediately it just immediately said we're the going on podcast and we're here to say <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> and is it like the joke that like there actually wasn't a rapper who actually said that. It's purely a phrase that came out of white people, like, trying to act like rappers, you know? Like, the earliest... <laughs> like, the earliest time it was used was apparently in a Flintstones, uh, you know, uh, Fruity Pebbles commercial. Fruity Fruity Pebbles, here I come! I'll teach you to dance if you give me some! He really loves my pebbles! Mmm, five fruity flavors, very fine, orange, lemon, cream. Barney Rubble in a high top fade in the hammer pants. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely up there. And also, that is quite possibly a way, the way that that infiltrated uh, white kids' rap lexicon because. Those commercials, especially, like, Flintstones commercials back then, that shit really did get in your fucking head, and you remembered that shit. So, yeah, who can who can tell the difference between the early 90s party rap, your fucking, your 6ix9ine boys, your fucking... I was trying to think of who did fucking Woomp There It Is, and I can't think of it. Uh, Tag Team. Who Who's the guys that did the, the... It's, like, a slightly complicated name, like, something bother this and the that. Uh, who did, Ooh, that is my baby mama. That is my baby mama. <laughs> Be rock in the biz. Oh. Like, yeah, you, you weren't going to guess that one. No. <laughs> no, I wasn't. How much did you really watch, like, the Flintstones like that? Oh, no, I did not. How much did you really watch, like, a Mickey Mouse cartoon like that? You know? No. And, and yet they're embedded, like, in our psyches as, like, cultural touchstones, even though, like, how many of us really watched it, you know? And I think part of it is just because they had that good-ass marketing like that, you know? It's that, and it's also the shit your parents fucking watched when they were kids, and they tried to fucking get you into, and it just didn't work. Like, a lot of the Hanna-Barbera shit for me just didn't click. Your fucking Flintstones. The Jetsons even less. That shit was so fucking whack to me. I think... Scooby-Doo worked when I was really young, just because, yeah. you know, it's a dog with a silly voice. Of course. And then I remember all the clones that were, like, just occupied spaces on, on you know, random uh, d- dates and times during Cartoon Network's lineup that I would just be like, glaze the fuck over, because I'm not trying to see these fucking obvious clones, <laughs> you know? The fucking, uh, ooh, I'm a talking car, <laughs> oh, I'm a talking shark, uh, where it's just like, they're just doing impressions of, like, you know, uh, unique voices from the time, but putting it in a silly talking animal with mystery-solving teens, I think. You need a mystery-solving teen. You need a talking animal. They need to be in a band. Going back to Jabberjaw, or Josie and the Pussycats, or the Archies, or any of that shit. Uh-huh. 
Uh, it's so funny how, like, very obvious that formula was. <laughs> you got me thinking of something I just recently looked up, that apparently all the all the members of the uh, Mystery Inc., was that what they were called? They, they were all based off of characters on uh, the many lives or many loves of Dobie Gillis. And uh, Shaggy was based off Bob Denver, who went on to be uh, Gilligan on Gilligan's Island. Uh, his character, who, like, wore a beret and was, like, a beatnik. All four of them, their voices are based off of characters from that show. They're active references to things, but because, as we grew up, we didn't know what the fuck we those don't, things were. Yeah, that shit doesn't <laughs> land, dude. I'm sure back then, it, it might have got, you know, some someone might have gotten it or appreciated it. Yeah. That is a lost-as-fuck reference to us. Wow. I also remember learning that, like, uh, the dude who came up with Scooby-Doo's name was just kind of like... He just heard, like, a jazz song where someone was going, like, Scooby-Doo-Bop. And it's like, it really was that simple. He's just like, oh, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah, that's the name. <laughs> Fucking more like, old wow. school shit. Skibbity-Bop-Bop, Scooby-Doo. But, like, that shit probably sounded, like, cool at the time, you know? Because, like, oh, I'm doing what the Beatniks are doing. I'm borrowing one of their, uh, you know, one of their little phrases, you know? Yeah. Like, if it came out today, his name would be fucking hip-hop or something. Fucking yeet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're. <laughs> it's yeet dab, everyone. I'm a talking. Thinking of a talking dog called yeet dab. <laughs> when you mention all the Hanna Barbera cartoons, like if you're not watching Cartoon Network or if you're not watching like Boomerang or all those, like. I think that's why I just didn't get into any of them, because I didn't know where to find them. I didn't know where they were airing, you know? And it just felt dated in a weird way. It's like, it's cartoons, so I should enjoy it because I'm a kid, but I'm still bored somehow. But I'm still watching The Simpsons instead. And, and mine was, you know, fucking Futurama and shit, you know? Oh man, yeah. I don't like to bring it up too much, but just because, I don't know, it, it feels like, it feels condescending on my part. I forget about our age difference sometimes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's always weird, like, the small things that, like, bring it back of, like, oh yeah. Because, like, Simpsons, like, fundamentally a part of your childhood. And so, like, Futurama is a bit of a break, right? Because it is way later. Simpsons had already kind of run its course, and I was already kind of over it by that point, like, late 90s. Yeah, for me, Simpsons was, like, the established thing that you watched with your family, at least for me, you know? And Futurama was like, oh, what's this new show that's, like, a cartoon, but there's cursing, you know? And you know there's <laughs> Gen Z kids that are all about fucking American Dad and shit. Uh, yeah, you know, oh. I, I, like, okay, so I remember watching, I watched Futurama and Family Guy uh, when they first, like, their first episodes. Yeah. Because I remember, I think both of them were after, like, a Super Bowl or something. I remember Family Guy was... I watched Family Guy for, like, four seasons. Like, a while. Oh, yeah, I was I was rocking with them, because I, I remember the, the period of, you know, oh, they're not around anymore, but hey, you can get the DVDs, and, mm. yo, we got those DVDs and worn them shits the fuck I out. I scooped them up. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely did. So there was that, like, great feeling of, like, oh, it's coming back? Well, oh, oh, no, it's just gonna be this little mini-movie that they release in, like, blockbusters or something like that. Okay, you know, but I'll watch it, and then it's like, wait, it's coming back, like, for real, for real? What? And then it was like, oh, no, the monkey's paw. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I think it was the Blue Harvest thing where I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on this. Oh, I was out for that as well. I remember watching it with a couple of friends and just having that feeling of like, you're just referencing these things. You're not like 
actively making fun of them. Like, you know, I loved watching parody movies and satire movies like Scary Movie and shit like that. And it was just like, this doesn't feel like you're actually joking on it. It's, you're just repeating these scenes, you know? Like, I remember one person that was watching with me was like, oh, but it's cool. You see, they're, they're playing the music from the original movie. And it's like, well, anyone can it. do that. Yeah, like, anyone can just plug in the, the original score. If I, if I pulled up Spotify and I pulled up the fucking the, the Star Wars soundtrack, would you start laughing? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing inherently funny about that. I was just made aware of, honestly, the worst offense I think I've ever seen in that regard. Because there were the instances of, like, hey, we're gonna do the Conway Twitty bit. We're gonna, you know, gonna beat that horse to death. We're gonna do the chicken, the big old chicken fighting Peter thing. We're gonna do that a million times. The bit I saw that I was like, wow, I'm so glad I don't watch this shit anymore. Ah, Peter, you're always embarrassing me when we go out to eat dinner. And then it cuts to what is obviously a commercial parody. And Peter embarrasses Lois by, like, asking for jelly at, like, a fancy dinner. He goes, where's the jelly? In, like, an accent, and everyone faints. It pulls back. Now Peter is, like, in a production booth, and he's paused the episode. Hi. We're concerned that many of you Family Guy fans under 40 didn't get that reference, so I'm going to take you through the actual commercial. Okay, typical 80s stuffy brunch. If that's not fucking killing air time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the? What the absolute fuck, motherfuckers. Dude. We've got two listener-requested album reviews on this week's show, and we're going to start off with Brother Ali's Shadow on the Sun, as requested by Mick Swag Burger XL. You know me, love him. Fucking going off MVP, gold star status. Um, and if there is an album you would like to hear us review on the show, head on over to our Kofi. That is ko-fi.com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F. F, uh, $40 pledge, and we will review an album that you like or don't. That's how it works. This was my first full introduction to the dude. I have honestly never really scoped him out, so this was my introduction. I wanted to like this more than I ended up liking it. There's a couple songs that don't hit as hard, but with that said, I'm going to start off with, with the songs I did like the most. I really liked Star Quality. Uh, yeah, Star Quality was a hit. Uh, Prince Charming, I really liked that one. Oh, oh, uh... <laughs> I liked it for what it was, I, we'll get there. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was odd. <laughs> it was like, it's one of those things where it's like, wait, I think I see what you're doing, but I don't know if this is working. <laughs> uh, Shadows on the Sun, the title track. Uh-huh. Uh, Backstage Payson. I really enjoyed Win Some, Lose Some. The one that was about him, like, you know, not wanting to get into fights with people just because people are, you know, fucking, the temperatures are boiling, you know? And just being the better person. I thought that was a cool joint. And I also like Picket Fence. Those are my yeah. highest Oof. rated cuts. My lowest rated cut on the whole album, where is it? It's Missing Teeth. It's the, uh, it's like the under two minute track. It's more towards the end. Was that the one with Slug? There, yeah. there was two songs with Slug. Yeah, it's the it's the second it, song with Slug, and I wasn't yeah. really happy to see him again at that point. I, <laughs> I thought it was cool. Anyway, was again, like, it wasn't the best, but I thought it you know it did its job. It did feel kind of like a 
do we need the second song? But all right, you know. It's weird that there are like a couple tracks on here. Uh, uh, pay them back. Almost feels more like interlude because it's not even three minutes. Yeah, or or what was that one song? Soul Whisper. Yeah, it felt like it was supposed to be the outro or something because it's like he he does what feels like it's supposed to be a verse, and then you're just like, oh wait, that's just a a, a small hook. And then the actual verse is just him reciting Islam, or and it was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, it, it yeah. like it felt like it would have been cool, like at the end, but like in the middle, randomly, it felt like something else should have happened, but then just didn't. Yeah, it always feels weird when there's like two songs left. Like, no, not quite. We're almost there. Victory was a great going out track. That that shit was epic with the trumpets and shit, you know. And uh, uh, ours are the cries that breathe life into concrete. Victory. Ours are the tears that splash genius at God's feet. Like, he's really got this epic imagery thing down. Like, that that's really his, you know, sort of style. You know what I he's mean? He's definitely got that down, absolutely. The first two tracks, I thought, suffered from not having a very interesting beats. They're just kind of forgettable. I noticed that, like... His his niche is sampling these, you know, souls and blues samples. But yeah, sometimes they do just make for a sort of bit of bland background for him, you know? Yeah. I liked what he was going for with Room with a View, the opening cut. Yeah, I really, it was sort of a Nas thing, you know, looking out my window, seeing the, the harsh realities of the hood, you know, that sort of joy. Champion, though, despite this one line that I thought was really fucking good, I'd be diligently killing the soliloquies of these millipedes that try to pass themselves off as ill MCs. That was yeah, dope. that was cool. But then, like the hook was just like, yeah, we're the we're the champion. We're the champion. Yeah, there were a couple of lackluster hooks on this yeah. uh, on this album. <laughs> you can never have it all. But man, I, I just I just want to quote this one bit of star qual uh, star quality because it's lengthy, and I'm sorry. Um, it's just the one part where I was just like. All right, wow, when's this gonna stop? My style is a little belligerent, isn't it? Considering that I'm belittling them with little more than my pad and pen and my sentiments, there's only three reasons Ali would need a Ramada. One, to move the bowels. Two, to steal the towels. Three, shave, shower, pray for my spiritual power. Um, I can handle this. If my man Ant would just give me a chance to splatter some antics across the canvases, damage is unavoidable at this point. I twist joints till they pop lock. Too loud and get you not rocked. I'm too proud to let you hopscotch through the section of the earth that I occupy without making you testify. Best I could do is ignore you because I'd probably conquer you if I explore you. Like, oh my yeah. god! <laughs> There's some fucking parts where it's just like that's a fucking take a bow. This right ain't there. fucking stopping, dude. He's off on his tear. I am about to get in his way. Prince Charming. So this song, it's supposed to be about this guy who's being uh, manipulative and possessive and, and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But it's just the music behind it is so, like, gosh darn happy and whistling and, like, it's all good. And it's like, is it is that on purpose to try to be like, oh, this is how, you know, a manipulative person thinks that everything is okay? I don't know. Maybe it's not as bad as that Kid Cudi song on uh, the Passion Pain and Demon Slaying where it was just like... He very clearly wasn't aware of how he was sounding, where it was just like, you know, it's like, oh, girl, I'm following you down the street. Hey, where are you going as I'm whistling my tune? And, oh, well, you can't get a man better than me anyway, bitch. Ugh. When Prince Charming started, I absolutely was like, what is this? This is, <laughs> like, it's the fourth track, and I'm like, mm, 
I'm not really feeling this. I don't know what he's going for, but whatever. I'm gonna let it, you know, I'm gonna let it play out. I'm gonna let it live. And then, like, the second track is just like, I don't like your friends. I think you need to cut them out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I see. And then the, very, then the last verse just start with, I don't know why I had to get the police involved. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. At that point, I was like, you know what? For what this is, I think this, I think this track does it pretty well. It was that one lyric that uh, tipped me off where he goes like, uh, it's time to take this thing we got to the next level. You know, I mean, spend all our waking hours together. Surprise, showing up at your job again. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Whoa. Mm. <laughs> I like the, you fucking embarrass me in front of my mom when the cops show up. It's like, oh my god. It's so fucking realistic, I, I think is what about yeah, it. Yeah, like, maybe that's what it is. It just, it's so hard in, yeah, the realism of it. Like, actually being that character. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, not overly cartoony. Like, wow, yeah, this is something that could actually happen and does a lot, I'm sure. Uh, win some, lose some. I thought that was alright. I didn't think it was the strongest cut, but I did, like, the message of it, where... Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one was really talking about toxic masculinity in 2005, in 2003. But he does kind of make a reference to it, doesn't he? Like, testosterone flowing masculine like, yeah yeah he, he touches on it it's just not a topic or an issue that people were really talking about to that extent pay him back i thought was a cool last joint as well and i got a uh, support just... on that one too <laughs> burned your verb and asses learn your nervous habits i turned my current status left serpent swerving backwards i rock parties where half the crowded rappers and analyze my direction as if their own opinion matters i, I sputter patterns of poetic eloquence muttering bone sputtering uttering sense they flutter and twitch the ironic part of it is i ain't trying to scare these kids just trying to connect them to the heritage i was like it, it, it bordered on OK Boomer territory, <laughs> but, you know, fucking old head. But if he didn't do it with such fucking style, like, I gotta that, get it That's up. what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, it's the way it's done that really makes you... And it also, like, especially later on where, he, where he's talking about how, uh, you know, like, not just in, in terms of like, oh, the old, the old stuff is better, but just like, they paved the way for us, so we should be showing them respect, you know? Uh, he said, uh, beneath the outer layer, the train is black. You just don't disrespect the people who laid the tracks. You love this human expression, and they gave you that. So it l the least y'all can do is try and pay him back. Like, I thought that was a really cool fucking sentiment, you know? There was the blah, blah, blah track, which was... Uh, uh, oh, shit, I just wrote... I'm sorry. Yeah, that one was okay. <laughs> fucking slug, dude. He's the kiss of death. The two songs yeah. I like the least <laughs> oh, have that motherfucker on them. I usually like slug. <laughs> and, man, I just wrote down... When you see a song called Blah Blah Blah, you're almost guaranteed a certain level of whackness. That, that's true, because it's like, it's always the overdoing the silliness of like, oh, all you rappers are doing is blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Which just sounds like you giving up writing on your own <laughs> song, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I did like at the end, though, where he goes like, who's your daddy? Fuck that. Jump back and act happy. Now sing my fucking chorus for a punch you in your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just the way it broke the rhyme. <laughs> and it was just like, now fucking do it. <laughs> I, um... I don't know if this is a positive or a negative, but I wrote down that it had a very little brother vibe. Yeah, oh, I, I get that. I get that. You know, and, and you know, your mileage may vary on uh, on your personal enjoyment of their type of style. But, you know, I mean, you know, from North Carolina, so I'm always going to rep them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Shadows on the Sun. Um, I thought it was solid. Not many memorable bars as far as a fucking title track goes, but I still thought it was 
uh, pretty dope. One of the stronger cuts. Yeah, it didn't feel like a title track song. The last no. song felt like a fucking title track song. Yeah. But uh, I did like the one lyric where he said, like, I glance into the sky and see the same cloud configuration that Nat Turner saw the day they hanged him. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, that's some fucking intense shit to start a verse with. And then uh, Forrest Whitaker. I So I looked on Spotify. <laughs> that's apparently the song that has the most views from him. And I was really, really? confused. Because I don't remember ever hearing that song. And yeah, like, as I saw it, I was like, oh, Forrest Whitaker. Oh, maybe it was, like, really big because, you know, it, it, it really, like, mentions him or has something, you know, a lot to do with him. And you know how, like, I don't know, if you name a song after a celebrity, it becomes, like, really big or whatever. But it was just like, yeah, it didn't have that type of, like, viral vibe at all. Brother Ali is, you know, this albino MC who is such a, you know, just looking albino is, is you're, you become an outcast just by nature of that. And so, like, to have this song that's like, you know, I don't care about my appearance, I'm gonna be who I am and love myself. Like, maybe that really connected with his personal audience, you know what I'm saying? Bitch Slap didn't really grab me that well. Um in the evening uh, i was yeah, really was open for a yeah. killers at supper time <laughs> yeah when, i know me too and murders on a big <laughs> backstage pacing and then when it goes into when the beat comes in like those are kind of like you know sister tracks in a way because it's like the first mm. track is all about how all the shit he has to deal with you know before he goes on stage fucking person who put together the event doesn't want to fucking pay me well fuck you you better do that shit because i can't pay these goddamn bills with free water and beer bitch yeah. and you know yeah and like the last verse where it's like this chick that's trying to like you know uh like oh man you're so awesome i want i want to have sex with you and he's like ah but my wife will probably kill me so no thank you <laughs> Even though he just had the song two tracks ago about how, like, uh, girls don't think I'm very attractive, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, man, I mean, yeah, because you've also got um, another sort of contradiction in uh, Win Some, Lose Some, where it's, you know, hey, you know, I'm walking away from these fights. Yeah. And then you no, skip down to Dorian. Do. Yeah, you, yeah, you skip down to Missing Teeth, you know, where it's all about how he'll fuck you up. <laughs> Yeah, Missing Teeth and Dorian, back-to-back, back even. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm, but at least on Dorian... Yeah, that was a story, though, yeah. Yeah, he's telling a story, uh, he hears a man in his building abusing his girlfriend, and he tries to intervene, and his girl ends up sticking her head out the door, and she's like, hey, you know, come back inside, it ain't worth it. And then this Dorian fella uh, yells at Ollie's wife, and that's when he's like, nah, I ain't standing for that shit. And he starts beating the shit out of him. And that's when Dorian's girlfriend calls the cops and gets Ali arrested. And it's like, this isn't the way I had this planned out or whatever. Like, okay, you didn't, you didn't see that coming. Yeah, I thought that's an interesting way to unfold a story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ultimately, what'd you end up getting as a rating? Uh, I give it a four and a half. I got a three and a half. I'm interested to see what he does after this. As yeah. someone who's not really listened to his discography at all. Yeah, like, this isn't... Yeah, exactly. Like, I know him for the next album where, you know, maybe his identity is a little bit more established. That was another question I was going to ask you concerning the production on the album. Like, you had mentioned, you know, he's got the old school, like, bluesy, kind of jazzy samples. I wasn't really listening to much rap in 2003, so I can't tell. Does this album sound dated, or was this, like, the sound at the time in, like, underground like rap? this was, like, around the time, like, Jurassic 5, you know, yeah. Black Eyed Peas when they were still kind of, you know, considered cool. Like, yeah, this is that, like, uh, played-down production where they're sampling lots of, you know, 
uh, jazz stuff because they're still trying to keep it like the you know the early nineties, you know, because that that's where the real stuff was, you know. So yeah, it does feel a little dated at points, uh, but there are solid enough production. Uh, uh, there's solid enough production on some of these songs where, like, like Victory, where it sounded like, oh no, that legit sounds like an epic sounding ass beat, like something off of a, a, a Immortal Techniques album, you know? <laughs> Going on to our second. Going request. off to our second. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Emily. Rick the Ruler. <laughs> Rick the Ruler has returned. Stop lying! <laughs> Emily's requested The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Uh, the Groucho, the Groucho marks of hip hop himself. <laughs> sure, uh, okay, like, right? Because his voice, <laughs> he has like that sort of like cool ass. Hey, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's <laughs> okay. All, you, know, you know, he's he's a little he's a little slicker and smarter than you think. You know, like that type of voice. You know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I I see what you mean. And of course, I remember. Yeah, he's like the Bugs Bunny of hip hop. You know what I mean? Uh. I I remember uh you know hearing way way back in the day, like formative uh days of hip hop you know what I mean like mm. learning about it sort of thing where uh it was the show the live version of the show that my mom had on like a tape and you know the six minute song where it's just like going all these weird different places you know the fucking Inspector Gadget theme out of butt fucking nowhere you know <laughs> yeah. it's just like weirdly creative things and I always remember being like wow this song is like. You know, so cool and special and important. This has got to be on the Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Nope, it's just a song that was out there beforehand. It's like, God damn it! And in fact, it's sampled on this album. <laughs> my, my experience with Slick Rick is I never, like Brother Ali, never took the time to really search him out, but you just kind of hear... Yeah, like, hey. you know about him through through osmosis of knowing about hip-hop. You, yeah. you know about Slick Rick, and people all the time tell you, you know, he's one of the, he's one of the great storytellers in hip-hop. This may sound familiar, but I wanted to like this album better. <laughs> Ooh, and here's where I'm gonna agree with you, my guy. This album. Whoa. Wow. This, so, I, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say this, okay? <laughs> Because I think this is fair. This album has not aged well. <laughs> oh, it is encased in carbonite. And, <laughs> and, I know. And if you wanted to maybe look at this album in the scope of what it meant in yeah, a, like a historical document, you know, because it is kind of ahead of its time if you're looking production-wise yeah. at what other people are doing at the time, right? But... In 2020 oh lenses? Oh, boy. <laughs> if if someone came up to me and said, hey, I'm getting into hip-hop. I want to listen to some old-school cats. I'm hearing about... Yeah, I want to hear the guys who, who are the foundation. <laughs> I would not recommend oh. this album to probably anyone. And I feel so bad because it's like, I, you know, again, he, he has that fixture in my head of being one of the yeah. greats. Purely by nature of like, oh yeah, he did the songs with uh, Outkast, you know, uh, fucking the art of storytelling, and right. uh, yeah, you know, and he and, and I like some of the songs off of these albums. Uh, I mean, some of the songs off of this album are absolute classics that like I've heard my entire life. You know, that it's just like, oh yeah, of course, of course, that song is uh, one of the greatest of all time. But oh man, and I remember at one point randomly, like in the last couple of years, hearing. Indian girl, an adult story. Ooh. Oh man, I remember like having that moment of like the 
the mystique of <laughs> this artist like falling away and just hearing the track and being like, he's but he's supposed to be one of the greatest of all time and I, I don't like this. <laughs> this is not good. This is very not good. But let's start with fucking track number one. Treat her like a prostitute. Oh man, straight out the gate. <laughs> Like, Fucking oh no! Slick Rick the Ruler coming through with the incel anthem. Woo! <laughs> yeah! Like, I was trying to, like, see, like, you know, his point is that, hey, you know, don't don't give your heart and, and money or whatever to someone who, who isn't really going to be there for you. You know, like, you should vet them first. You know, that that's kind of what he's going for, right? On like, the surface, that sounds okay. Yeah. You but, put it better when it's right, just... Then he put it. Women women only want your money, and they're just going to uh, use you for, you for your money. Okay. Uh, no. And, and then, uh, that's not the half till you start to ride her. Take off your rubber, and there's one more inside her. It's not yours. Who can it be? I think it was a slick rapper. His name is MC Ricky. <laughs> it's like, what? What is this? <laughs> like, you're trying to brag, but you're also trying to be like, oh, but don't trust these scandalous hoes. But, uh, but I mean, I'm having sex with them. But, <laughs> it's like, I mean, but I'm still going to do it. Yeah, what is this track, man? <laughs> yeah, um, how about this? Best cut on the album, huh? Huh? Uh, well, okay, so Children's Story is an untouchable, right? No. What? Oh, no! Wait, no. hold on. <laughs> it, it's, it's not the best cut on the album, but it's not the worst either, I'll say that. I think, it's, I, it, it's it, okay. Maybe, maybe I got those, maybe I got those rose-tinted glasses, but I still love that joint. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think that might be one of the most overrated songs in rap history. I mean, it, it's. Like, I wouldn't go to it for one of my favorite songs, but of Slick Rick's like songs, like I think yeah. it's one of the best. But you're right; it is an oddly wonky story at points. But I enjoy it for like, especially at the time in '88, the way he was using multisyllabic rhymes in a way that like people weren't doing up to that point. Like that's kind of what it gets the uh, the main props for. You know what I'm saying? I think we'll agree on this. I can 100% do without the fake kid voices. Oh, yeah, that was, that is always silly. You know what it is? That. It's a song that it should have ended a little sooner than it does. Look, <laughs> there are a lot of those on this album. <laughs> it, again, and it's the dated eight. ass super hyper scratching. <laughs> they do that a lot on this album where you could tell they're just like showing off. Yeah. And maybe for 88, that worked. Yeah, maybe but, that like, was keeping the party pumping, but... <laughs> yeah, right? Like, if that suited the purpose. But, man, with the rulers back? Like, oh, dude. The, the annoyingly fake trumpets. It goes on for so long! It's over five... It's five and a half minutes, and half of it is just... the cheesiest UB40 sounding song. <laughs> and just stop, 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 why? stop, 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 oh, stop, did stop, that stop, get stop. Uh. Oh my god. And the thing about it is, it would happen like at points where he's like bragging about himself, where he's like, yeah, I am the best. So it's like, it just sounds like his own song doesn't believe him. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to go for the ironic thing of like, ah, there's no way you're that cool, but like, it legitimately sounds like he's being undercut by his own song, where it's just like, all right, look, <laughs> if, if you don't believe it. 
by the time I got to the end of the song, I was just like, this car horn trumpet needs to go. <laughs> this fucking Dukes of Hazard ass. <laughs> Dixie like ass. children's TV show. Oh my god. Yeah. We're so fucking proud of that sample. We're gonna beat it into the fucking ground. Yeah, that happens on like half of the cuts where there's just like a sample or something and they're just like cutting and scratching and going to fucking town and it just goes on for so long. You'd be better served by listening to like Beastie Boys' first album if you're trying to hear like top-notch 80s production for hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. They definitely got this beat. On, yeah. Uh, uh, but but regard. again, that that's kind of not what he was known for as much. He was known for like, oh man, he's just so slick with the rhymes, you know? And, and how he's able to do shit, and how he's able to tell a story. Uh, but, you know, again, the, the stories aren't, they don't hold up that well. <laughs> the stories but, don't hold up that well, and I'm not really sold on the slickness of the rhymes <laughs> either. There's a fucking song later on, I'm trying to see which one. There was one point in uh, in the, in the uh, Ruler's Back where, like, I liked how his rhymes went with the little, like, piano part that they had going on in the mm. verses i thought that was really cool like he would do like multi-syllabic flows during that little trinkly part and it would be like oh that just sounds really cool but then you get back to this <laughs> is like oh my god stop i'm trying to remember which song it was but he just goes uh we did it we did it we did it we did it and oh, after... we did it and we did it and we did it and we did it <laughs> And at the end, she said she we, she's glad that we done it. Like, oh my yeah. god, slick, really? <laughs> but see, I but again, you have to think like, how were people rapping back then? You know, like, <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying, dude. I refuse yeah. though. In 2020 glasses, <laughs> this shit don't hold up. It doesn't age well. I ain't buying it. <laughs> stop um, lying. <laughs> stop lying. No. <laughs> Honestly, though, hands down, Indian Girl is the worst cut on the album. I gave the fucker a zero. Oh, zero. Absolutely. Not but, uh, fucking with that at all. Oh, no. my God. It, uh, and, uh, like, I tried. <laughs> I tried to be like, maybe he's going for, like, the shock rap angle. You know, that was, that was kind of a new thing. But it's just fucking deplorable as you're just hearing what he's saying. That fucking Davey, Davey Crockett oh, it just, of that it felt so much slimier as you're just yeah. like hearing the raps. <laughs> and there's so one point where it's like sleazy. double, like there's an octave double where it's like even lower like Davey, Davey Crockett. And like in one way, like I, I, I was thinking about it in terms of like, you know we do have this sort of uh, idea of like Davey Crockett. You know, if you went to fucking Carowinds or something like that. You might hear the uh, Davy Davy Crockett, you know, like, yeah. oh, isn't he a great guy? And it's like, but this song is kind of like revealing, like, nah, he wasn't, <laughs> you know, like, so on like one level, I'm like, well, maybe it's like showing the harsh realities of the, but no, it's played so like silly that it's just like, this isn't goddamn working. And then the way it Ooh. ends. Ooh. Ugh, I almost fucking vomited. That could the, be one no. of the most like tasteless oh, big oof moments. Big oof mood, <laughs> my dude. I don't ah. even feel good <sighs> telling the people what it is. <laughs> so, I don't even want to. Re- I don't want to reenact that shit. It just ends with him s- spreading her uh, mm. lips. Down there, and you hear uh, Native American oogity boogity chants <laughs> from the STD she has 
and it's just, oh my god, and that's the way the song ends, and it just goes on uncomfortably long. He's just just doing the fucking, oh man. Oh god. (laughs) Oh my god, it's so bad, dude. Can you you imagine (laughs) him doing this song live? Oh man! (laughs) The the third, the second hand embarrassment. I just pictured him going, walking on stage in a goddamn headdress. Oh, this all smooth ass slick Rick. Oh, would you put it past him in '88? Oh, I can see it. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It's no good. Um, And then right after this, because it ends with the boogity boogity shit, (laughs) and right after this. Boon, uh, <laughs> 80s chords, a teenage love. Oh no! Look, second Talk worst track on the sequencing. album. <laughs> it went from worst song on the album to goddamn runner up. A teenage love, don't hurt me again. Don't, don't, don't hurt me. Ah! Fuck I like off. Here's the thing. I like this song. No, I, I, this is actually one of the ones that I like because when you listen to it, he's actually going into like an intimate story, right? Like he's the the intricacies of like, hey, this is how a relationship can go wrong if you're not like paying attention to the signs and da da. Like so, like I appreciated it for like, hey, for '88, like people weren't telling stories this intricately back then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. I appreciate it for that, and you know the little bass guitar solo that kind of happens at the end. Like I thought that was cool, you know. Yeah, um, I wasn't where, feeling that one. Where where I don't feel it is, uh, uh, where I don't feel this album is where they try to do the same thing later with the fucking "Hey Young World, the World is that straight up sounds like it's off of like a Teletubbies album or some shit. Yo, like, what in the world was that? <laughs> and and he's just like he's just like rambling. Yeah, it's not like, really he's saying much of anything. Shit. Yeah. Oh, what was that one line? Uh, uh, times have changed, and it's cool to look bummy and be a dumb dummy and disrespect your mummy. Oh, <laughs> oh, that knocked all the cool and respect I had out of the fucking track. It's just like, what are you doing? And then, oh yeah, the later look, he's like, so listen, be strong, scream whoopie doo, go for yours, cause dreams come true. What is this fucking sub? Disney radio rap. Oh my goodness. And it doesn't help that he, that he's always doing the, what you referred to, the fucking Groucho Marx voice thing. <laughs> yeah. He does say, whoop de doo disrespect your money. <laughs> Be a dummy. Oh, stop. Like, he's got the fucking adult story, he's got the teenage love story, and he's got uh. this fucking child story, and it just all oh, feels so awkward on one album, man. <laughs> I know it's 88. But, you know what vibes? I was getting big-time Bart Simpson rap song vibes. They sounded (laughs) kind of equivalent, didn't they? Like, this is the kind of shit that they were trying to do with Bart, but it's like... And he's supposed to be the respected rapper, so it's worse. (laughs) If you took these same rhymes that Slick Rick is doing here... And you had fucking Nancy Cartwright do him as Bart. <laughs> We'd call it fucking whack as shit. But because it's goddamn Slick Rick, we give it a pass. I don't yeah. feel like giving it a pass, man. Some of the shit was corny. Nah, you're right, you're right. The song I gave the highest rating to ended up being Kit, What's the Scoop? I was just about to bring that one up, the fucking Dick Tracy type of rap song, you know? I thought that, that was, was okay. Cool. Yeah, like, this is what 
you would like this is what his reputation is right oh here's yeah. a really cool intricate story oh someone stole my crown and we got to get it back because they're trying to you know do my show like me and it's like this is a cool fucking story you know yeah i i dug this um but yeah hey young world wasn't feeling that lick the balls uh, any of the party tracks i did not like like you could purely tell it was just like i gotta do this because this is what Gets me in the club, you know? I, I thought Let's Get Crazy for an obvious party cut wasn't that bad, but yeah, you know, it little, had... The, getting a little stupid! <laughs> but it definitely had the Bart Simpson rap on that yeah. one. Like, it was fucking covered in that shit. Um, as far as the, as far as the story songs go, I actually thought, even though the end is abhorrent, I thought the moment I feared was actually a better story track than a children's story. Even no, I like children's story more. No, I like. I, I think that's a better uh, fluid story than uh, "Moment I Feared" was because it does feel kind of odd. Like for him, I, I mean, I guess he's just playing a character. But for him to be like, "No, the, the, the gold is fake." What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like what? What? That was the whole thing you prided yourself on. What are you talking about? Is fake. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He he says that shit because like uh, people are, are he thinks people are gonna rob him. So he's like, no, 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 it isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then like you know, it's like, oh, the girly comes up and you know, we did it and we did it and we did it and we did it and oh, that oh, was the, no, one. the the boy, uh, her boyfriend comes up randomly at the end and it's like, uh, was this supposed to be an ambush? Did he not know that she was coming here? How does she know where he lives? Uh, how did he know where Slick Rick lives? Like what? And, and it's just the most underwhelming, underselling it. What you yeah. doing with my girl, homeboy? It looks like you just got finished fucking. Oh, Y'all this better is the... not have just got finished fucking. <laughs> yeah, wow, okay. Like, uh, okay, this is the moment I feared. This is the moment I've had. And, yeah, <laughs> then the last verse, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> I got a... For a legendary album that I'm sure we're gonna get at least some bit of hate for, I got a two and a half. I got a three and a half. I uh, got a two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and 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 that extra half comes for comes from like he is being like one of the more lyrical guys at this moment in time. So it's like yeah. I do gotta give it props for that. But oh my god, yeah, it, the the corny lyrics that just. Mm-mm. Drape this album from head to foot. <laughs> Just really stops it from being that. Ooh, is this worth going out and listening to the whole thing? No, maybe enjoy the classics and uh, just don't think about those other songs. As mentioned before, both the albums we reviewed this week were requested by listeners. So if there is an album that you would like to hear us talk about, head on over to our Kofi. That is ko-fi.com/slash going off, and you can request an album to be reviewed on a future episode. Make sure you're following us on Twitter uh, for all the updates on what's going on, upcoming projects, all that good shit. Station Head, Twitch, Darren, you got that stuff, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, all that shit will be all in the all in the link trees when you want to check it out so we don't have to keep saying it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just go yeah. to the link tree, goddammit. That's just a little <laughs> reminder doing. that it's down there. <laughs> down where? Down there. Um... But that about wraps it up, and if this is your first time having listened to our show, first of all, just a big, big thank you. I don't know what brought you here, 
but I appreciate you very, very much. And I hope you join us again next week. If you want to play some catch up and listen to the older episodes, all the old episodes are on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify. Whatever method works best for you, uh, do that. And until next week, for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And straight like an arrow, your soul is cast. Good night. Good night.